0: Everybody. welcome back, episode number 12, The Hustlers. We are here today with Steve and Dave from Inside You. Welcome, guys. Thanks. Good to be it's here. It's good to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I guess, definitely. Uh, you want to start with uh, a little bit of background?
1: Well, um, this guy over here is my business partner, uh, Steve Elton. background
2: about yourself, eh? <laughs> <laughs> <Not> <laughs> well, yeah, but reasons. I want to introduce you too. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah, so I come to the wellness industry uh, through a long and circuitous route. Uh, I started with computer science in uh, 1994, University of Waterloo. I didn't stay there. Uh, I decided to go into something else after that. and then through a series of other things, I' ended up uh, being a personal trainer in 2004. Uh, that led me into the wellness industry, and about uh, five years later, uh, Steve opened the doors of inside you at 682 Peel Street in Woodstock, and about two years later, we were um, collaborating.
3: Really and, cool. Yeah.
4: Awesome. How about you.
2: Um, so I'm a university dropout. I went to Laurier. I uh, okay. thought I wanted to be a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. And then I uh, walked out one day and had enough of that. I just didn't want to be in a cubicle uh, for the rest of my life, and yeah. I just wasn't happy there. So I um, worked in construction for about eight years to pay the bills, and then uh, after we got married, after my wife and I got married, I was looking for I was looking for uh, another job, and um, and then I was working out at the gym one time with a friend of mine, and he mentioned that his wife was just uh, graduating as a nutritionist. So okay. I was like, I have no idea. But before this. that, he was going to open up a bakery. Oh yeah, that's right, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, Those are really big. Right? So I was going to open up a bakery and cook like whole wheat bread. And this was okay. right in 2008 when everybody wanted to go like gluten-free, so mm-hmm. right. it wasn't good timing. Yeah. And, and then he
1: figured out the bakers had to get up at like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> he's like, no, I don't yeah. want to do that. Work. I don't want to do that. I have <laughs> vision to see that it would be a lot of
2: work. <laughs> Cool.
0: Yeah. So what did you know about the industry going in, like the health food Absolutely industry? nothing. That's interesting.
2: I don't even know why I had this. So I had this idea in my head, like, let's start a health food store together. Mm-hmm. And I actually cannot tell you this to this day why I said that. Um, so what I did is I got online. I was like, there has to be a trade association or something, right? Yeah. So there was There's a show in Toronto. You had to be a business in order to get into this show. So I registered a fake name. Uh, Oxford yeah. Health Supplies, okay. <laughs> and then uh, Danielle, this was Danielle Van Wyk. Um, we went to Toronto for the day and we did our market research just walking around the show. Yep. And the two things I learned there, I came back with is, number one, the people were really nice. You could tell like the, the everybody in the building was nice, they're there for the right reason. Yep. And then number two, you could see that the industry was growing. Mm. So, and then I visited a one store in London, and I bought a tube of toothpaste at another store and then mortgaged my house and quit my job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: So So. you said um, gluten-free was big at that time? Yeah. Was that something that you started incorporating at first in the business as well, or what was kind of the route you wanted to take at
3: that time?
2: Not really, we just went, we just, uh, at the beginning you start up and you really have no idea what people are looking for. Right. So you, you order a bunch of lines of, you know, food products and supplements and, you know you take some advice of what's good quality and then uh, at the beginning yeah you you really I found I found at the beginning we're trying to like sell something or tell people what to do and then after a while you learn to listen you actually learn to you have to listen to what your customers will actually want to buy and what they need help with so and over time you learn you know which brands kind of align with your company and which ones you like to use and Makes sense. Mm -hmm.
1: One of the things I'll comment on—it's really interesting from my own entrepreneurial experience—is that entrepreneurs often have a sense of things that sometimes is difficult to explain. So you hear Steve's narrative about, you know, I don't know really why I wanted to do it. There wasn't some concrete thing, but in your in the middle of your consciousness, yeah, you feel it. You're like, there's an opportunity here that I need to pursue. I need to massage and interact with it a little bit and then see if there's something on the other side of that. And of course, every entrepreneur knows, if you're entrepreneurially minded, there is ambiguity, there's risk, but there's also a doubling down on the investment of yourself. That's the greatest investment that you can make when you're an entrepreneur is keep investing in yourself. And then once you blossom in a sense, then you can onboard other people to become part of that team, which is exactly what happened with us. Yeah, and,
0: and, I, and I remember too, like I, I know you've seen this thousands, right? So I remember when you got into the business, dude, you, did, you were doing a lot of research, like a lot of research on every product that came in the store. Yeah. And it was definitely a learning curve. We had conversations about it back then too, and I-
3: Yeah.
2: Danielle actually reminded me a couple of years later. So I, I had no experience <clears throat> in business, none whatsoever, no experience in retail and no experience in health and so I really didn't know anything. So
4: the idea just came out of the blue? Yeah, it was just yeah, yeah. so,
2: so, we, uh, so we, bought a, we bought that house in Woodstock um, in November, it took a year to get the permits, basically quit my job in August, and then by uh, Christmas we were ready to go, and then we started January 2nd the next year. So it had been really stubborn to kind of see it through in order to do it, right? Yeah. But uh, so we opened January 2nd, 2009, and Danielle reminded me this years later. She's like, Yeah, we, were, we we got everything ready. It was eight o'clock in the morning, and you pulled me <laughs> aside and you said, Okay, now show me what some of this stuff does.
3: <laughs> no, <blame. laughs> no, no clue. Opening yeah. opening yeah. day. Yeah. No clue. Opening, opening day. Yeah.
2: But Danielle was the expert. So mm-hmm. you had someone who had an understanding of yeah. So you have to know your strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And if you can't do it, then hire other people to do it. Yeah. And yeah.
4: So Danielle was involved from the get go. She was a nutritionist. Yeah. Uh she's still in the business?
2: no so she basically so she was partnering a company and then also she had her own little company kind of working out of the office uh, where she did nutrition and allergy testing and those kind of things so that was kind of like the made our company legitimate at the beginning right right and then uh over time um we, we we bought her out uh probably four years ago yeah yeah so she's um it's kind of a long story but you're kind of your path goes this way and then somebody else's path goes that way and danielle went on a couple mission trips as well and Mm -hmm. she's a family and and um, really didn't have the time and the energy to put into it yeah yeah
1: and it was it was the best for everybody involved yeah
0: so when did you come on board
1: well, you know, it's an interesting story how I, I ended up meeting this guy. Um, I started writing in the local newspaper in the Oxford Review in 2004 when I started being a personal trainer. And someone just said to me, oh, Dave, no one's writing a wellness, fitness and wellness. health and wellness wellness calling me Oxford Review. Yep. You should go down there. So, like, being incredibly naive, I just literally walked down to the Sentinel Review office in Woodstock. And I was like, is the editor in? You know, so the editor comes down and says, like, you know, like, what's happening? And I'm like, you don't have a health and fitness column in, in, in your newspaper here, could I write one? So he said, send me a piece of your work and then I'll read it and see how, you know, whatever. So I sent him two pieces and he said, "Oh, this is really good. We're gonna publish this in January. And that was in uh, the early December at the time. So then I published the piece that got me known in, in, in the community, because I wrote about 400 articles over 10 years. And one of my clients at the time, I had recommended a particular type of protein. And so when I was back at her house training, um, I said, oh, what, what's that protein over there? I don't, I don't recognize that. And, and she was like, oh, Steve, down at Inside You. You always tell the story oh. wrong. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, sorry. No, but so what, do I always mix it up? No, no, no. You're oh. going to say
2: Steve sold me something else. No, no, no. no I, I was going to
1: say, well, I mean, my recollection of it is that, you know, he had made a different, you know, you know whatever. So then I went down there. Is this right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So
3: <laughs> that's what we're going with. So, so yeah. I went to the store.
1: I wanted to meet this guy and talk about the protein because because I was kind of like the de facto expert, not that I was the expert, but I was writing about it in the newspaper. Yeah, so you get to be this little media kind of micro personality. Yeah. So I go down there and I'm like, so I recommended this to so-and-so, and you recommended this. And he's like, well, this is the reason. It's New Zealand, is this, it's grass-fed, you know, it's probably a little bit of a better product. So he educated me on that, which was really important to me. So then we started to cross paths a little bit and a little bit. And there was one thing about inside you at the time that really irritated me, like really irritated me, the logo sucked it was like it was so okay. terrible it was like a big blue horseshoe and you know you still have that picture or yeah. whatever of the old sign made out of wood do you remember that i don't remember it it
0: oh.
2: was a u with the sun in the middle
1: yeah you with yeah. the sun in the middle and it said inside and i was like oh the colors are wrong everything's wrong and yeah, the yeah. optics yeah. are wrong it doesn't tell me higher. anything about the business right So I hunkered down and I taught myself how to use Illustrator and learned a little bit of design language and I designed a logo, the current logo that we use today. And I had business cards made, I put Steve's name on them (laughs) and I brought them in one day and I'm like, here's your new brand, buddy. Like I feel better with this. I'll (laughs) shop here now if you use this branding. (laughs) So um, that that was the beginning of the relationship and as Steve describes it, which he'll probably tell you in a second, it's very interesting when you're an entrepreneur in that when people make themselves useful, which is what you'll say and try to solve problems that you might not see, that becomes very attractive in the team that you're trying to build. And that was the first piece that kind of opened the idea that we could be collaborators.
0: You you, you uh, you just did it because you just wanted to give. It I, I did. It wasn't I wanted to give. You know, it was just, just irritating. i yeah. mostly. It, and it also <laughs>
1: irritated me, that,
0: right? Yeah. Like, and like it's, it's, it's under the premise that you just want to give, and it's be a hundred percent. And then, it, yeah. that, no, I know, was actually you know, expecting
1: nothing in return, yeah. and you know. So to your point, I wasn't receiving a discount. I, I I was getting nothing free from the store. I shopped there. I paid the money that I was going to pay, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there was no incentive for me to do that. Yeah, yeah. I did it because I felt it was the right thing to do. Yeah. And then what the second piece that happened, which was really interesting was this guy got a a scratch on his eyeball, a corneal scratch, right? Didn't you from whatever it was? And I was shopping there at the store one day and he's like, ah, the person that usually looks after, you know, when I go, I got to go to the Ivy Institute, get my eyes looked at in London. I got no one in to watch the store. And I thought to myself, I know a little bit about most of the products that are in here. Like, you know, why don't I do it? Yeah. So he's like, oh, Okay goes behind the counter, gets me a key, gives it to me, shows me how all the POS systems work, shows me the lock, the code, and he says, see you on Thursday or I won't see you, <laughs> but you, you're running this yeah. thing. Yeah. So I showed up and yeah. that was the beginning. Yeah.
4: That's cool. Back to that point, And I think that's a really interesting point um, from an entrepreneurial perspective. First, writing in the columns. Yes. Something you did probably for free. 100% I mean for free. For
1: Actually, that's what the editor told me when I walked in in 2004. He's like, we're not paying original content anymore so yeah. said you're welcome to do it but you're not going to get the 30 50 or 100 we used to paper article done yeah. so i'm like oh, i'm going to do it anyways
0: which created your brand
1: and the backstory to that super interesting so i'll digress for two seconds for your audience about what you need to do as an entrepreneur i failed english six times hmm. three times in high and this is real like my transcripts shows this yeah. three times in high school three times in university and i went on to be a columnist so what this tells you is it doesn't matter if you have a weakness or a strength, you can always double down and work on those things to get better. It doesn't matter what it is. If you're not good talking in front of people, you're not a good doing this or doing that. Yeah. You can get better. You have, the, yeah. you have you yeah. have, but you have to practice. You have yeah, to do so you it. Have to you have to, to do book. it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I just read a book by David
0: Goggins. I don't know if you read that book or not. He mm. just came out, the same thing. He couldn't swim. And he was in the Marines. He's like, a whore. He's like, I would sink all the time, and he just kept going, and kept going, and, right. and he went through the Marines like three times in a row, and he finally made it through. Yep. Persistence. just, just persistence, yep. persistence, right? So,
4: this goes to show, and there's a lot of swimming in Marines, Yeah, so, yeah. it's <laughs> a big part of it, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, that was in... How long was this ago? Well, it
1: was 2011, basically, I think, when that That logo piece happened. And then we slowly, you know, started to understand the nature of the collaboration and everything. And by 2013, we wanted to get part of a a buyer's group called the Health First Network. So we're we're part of that now. And it's a really interesting arc about what could happen. We didn't have the sales at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, so we weren't there. um, And uh, they wanted the store to be a destination location it's a big buyers group so you get a a, a, you know a significant discount when you buy in bulk with a whole bunch of people across canada and so steve asked me to join him in february of 2013 to drive down to the head office and pitch them for the third time okay and so we went down there and, and long story short about an hour an hour and a half later we were invited to join the network even though we didn't hit the absolute criteria the I think they had a good sense that we weren't kidding around. Right. Like yeah. we were going to build this yeah, sure. with or without them. Yeah. Yeah. And so we wanted to be part of that because there's, as you've said so many times, you can go faster alone, but you go farther together. Oh, for and, sure. And, and we wanted that. You know, that's where that collaborative and, and piece that's comes from. The
0: point you come to with with people hiring people that I accent your weaknesses. Absolutely. One hundred percent. You got to fill, fill the gaps, and right? Yep.
1: And you can't yeah, do yeah. everything.
2: Just to that point, it was I always tell Dave, 80%. So yeah. for me, if you can do it 80% as good as me, yep. then I'll let you do it. Yep. Yep. And usually I have a good like I'm just, obviously you're aiming for people who can do it better than you. Yep. But you get to that 80%. Yep. And then if you're, you know, if if things work out, they end up being, you know, 110%. Mm-hmm. But I was telling you for like 2 years, I couldn't get Dave to let other people do things. Mm-hmm. For 2 years, 80% no. And then one day I said 85%. And it was like, "Bing!" right away. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's. He yeah, see, 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 it was uh, I'm he, a little bit of a perfectionist yeah. at times about yeah. certain things. Yeah, it's hard um, to let go of
0: things too, as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you create something, yeah. and yeah. it's hard to give other people control of that. Yeah. yeah. Because it, inevitably, it always kind of
1: takes a hit a lot it, of times. It, yeah, and before I think they, that.
0: Before they figure out what they're doing and, they're, and their side of it, yeah. it takes time to get back to where you were.
1: I think that, you know, Steve's insight into some things is incredibly valuable. I've certainly learned a lot from him. And one of the things that he taught me was that a, if someone can do it 80% as good as you, or 85% Mm -hmm. as good as you, you can let go of the reins, but B what he was really saying was this, if someone can do it at 10 out of 10, like you should, let me put it a different way. If someone's on your team, but they're not the owner or whatever, you can't expect them to give Personally, a 10 no, out of 10 no, effort. No. It's not, it's not the same is, thing. Is, is 80% yeah. is nice and high. Yeah. You know? You're gonna get good work from that yeah. and you're gonna have a good collaboration.
2: You have to start with little things. Mm-hmm. So one time I was driving back from Toronto and I was like, there's one thing I didn't want to give up is cutting my own grass at home. Okay. I said, put new sod in and I was yep. like, I want to be no weeds and I want it perfect, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is, every week you have to look at what you're doing and say, is there something that I don't like doing or is there something that somebody else can do better? And um, I didn't like, you know, I was spending an hour a week cutting grass, but, and my son was I think seven or eight at the time. So I just didn't trust him with the grass. So yep. I got home, I put him on the lot, the empty lot next door. And he cut that. He was done in like 20 minutes, and he's like, "Okay, Dad." And he's he's ready to go. He wanted to cut more grass, so I was like, "All right, get over there." And then he's been cutting grass for the last like five years. Yep. Hour days, 52 hours a year. it's Fifty- up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just like that.
4: But it's hard to give over the control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Start a little. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense.
1: And you're building trust at the same time, mm-hmm. right? You want to know that the person that you're working with can actually execute on that. Yeah. And then if you can't execute on it then you've gotta figure out what that gap is. Business and entrepreneurism really has one fundamental tenet, it's solving problems. So you become an incredibly competent A, either A problem solver yourself, or you find people that will help you solve that problem. That's the critical thing about entrepreneurism, I think people miss. They want pay dirt, they want money, they want this big business, business they want all these other things. things. Right, Mm -hmm. but but just making sure that you understand why you're doing it in the first place is something that sometimes people can lose sight of.
0: Well, that goes from a business
1: model, even. Right? Absolutely.
0: Like, if, you, if you're not solving anything, what are you doing? What like, are you doing? Right? And, and, like, are you just uh, riding yeah, a stationary society,
1: bike and wasting energy right? and not yeah. going anywhere? Yeah. yeah. absolutely.
2: There was another part, one of the other reasons I didn't really tell Dave this, but I, one of the reasons why- <laughs> So he he's going to tell me on a camera, actually, <laughs> on, on a podcast. Okay. <laughs> one of the biggest reasons why he works for Inside You, or partner Inside You, because I didn't really want to work against him. Mm. That's, yeah. So it's a lot easier to have people like this yeah. closer to you and yeah. work with them than yeah. just to fight all the time yeah. against them. Yeah. Makes yeah. your life easier. And a lot of people, they are like, you know, they have like, you know, Steve's Plumbing and so and so's this. And yeah. no, just you gotta have a, a good name and have a, you know, make a bigger pie and everybody can eat from the same pie rather yeah. than mm-hmm. like, you have my pie,
1: mm-hmm. you have my pie. Yeah and, yeah. And, and, yeah, and I think the point here is that that there is a point. There's a time and a place to compete, but there's a time and a place to collaborate too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you have to like lower the exposure of your ego and say, Mm -hmm. okay, let's collaborate because I myself am probably not the best team to make this happen. I need more people.
4: Yeah. Well, competition is comparing yourself to someone else. Right. Right. And and at the moment you think about either dominating the industry or collaborating Mm -hmm. Well, A, a new door goes open. Yeah. yeah. There's so much more opportunity. just, hey, can I be better than. And the company?
1: wellness business is very warm to collaboration.
4: Yes. You know, that, that. that's yeah, another I've thing. That, so
1: know. we've interviewed a few people, and it's, yeah.
0: yeah, they're a lot, a lot more open to that kind yeah, of stuff.
4: And yeah. we've interviewed other people, other businesses are in their business, not open to it. Yeah. yeah so. Well, and even to this kind of stuff, really. Yeah. Uh, media and podcasts and mm-hmm. content in general. I think the health and the beauty industry is fairly. Open um, yeah. Pr- pro- probably the most open industry mm-hmm. towards those kind of uh, mm-hmm. platforms. Yeah. So um, you're both partners in it now. Yeah. Um, that's been seven years.
2: Five
4: Close. Years. Five, five years?
1: S- six. Six, yeah. So six 20, 2013 was yeah. kind of the okay. official date. Yeah. And so here we are literally about six years and five months.
4: So yeah. where did you kind of? Um, Where were you at when you joined
1: in where was I at? Yeah, I was working Essentially as a wellness consultant at the time and I was writing in the newspaper That was the main thing that that I was doing. I was reaching the end of that arc of my life though in the context of I was looking for something else potentially but not Looking specifically but being open to a world of possibilities absolutely and so when the opportunity to be. He, do... he was
2: basically the best personal trainer in Oxford County. Mm-hmm. Like, no offense to anybody else's personal trainers, but yeah. you tried to be the best.
1: Well, and I was also yeah. the pro trainer for Southwestern Ontario. So at that time, all the trainers that were anywhere in Southwestern Ontario who had gone through CanFit Pro yep. and had their. Professional certification, they went like I, I taught them and certified them. Okay. Yeah. So I did that for 10 years. Yeah. So then we, we, we walked around a, a new building.
2: Yeah. One we currently just moved into and we brainstormed in that building. And that's that was actually, in 2013, too, yeah. right? Yeah. So we put an offer in on that building at that time. And this is actually funny the real estate tie, the, the, that building, the real estate actually is what really made yeah. us actually say, okay, we have to do this. Yeah. Okay. Because, a lot of times real estate is limiting, but we saw potential and possibility, all the different things we could do in that building. We're like, okay, Dave decided, he, he basically because of that, you decided to go to school. Yeah, right. Uh, to become an naturopathic doctor. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, okay, he's going to go off to school. I probably have to bring him in to be a part of this business. Otherwise, he's never coming back to the area.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome.
2: Right? So, Makes
0: sense. so, from the start, what was the most, uh, how do I say this? What did you use for customer acquisition? Like was it social media, was it emails, was mm-hmm. it was it just outreach?
2: Well, you do a big promo at the beginning, like a you know, grand opening sale, and then mostly at the beginning it was uh friends and family and referrals. We had about three customers a day at the beginning. Yep. I still remember I get so irritated when it snowed at like Ten o'clock in the this, morning? This is a really good <laughs> yeah. story. This is a really good story, actually. It snows at ten o'clock in the morning and someone comes at twelve and they can see there's no tire tracks in the driveway. Oh, the yeah, driveway. yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So what
1: do you think he did?
2: Uh, jump. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. you have to get him walk too. You have to need footprints as well. Right? right? And then you gotta
1: actually you walk like this and then walk your feet like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. There
1: was,
3: it's not it's no. not unlike
1: social in a way where if the post has been out for a little while, are you going to be the first one to like it? But if there's ten likes, then you're more likely to hit the <laughs> like button or whatever it is, yes, right? Yes, so yeah. we're primed like that yes, in a way as humans. So, but
0: it's it's true because it, it like, is true. In all kinds of sales that I've ever I've ever done, like we, we sold the strawberries and stuff on the farm. People come in groups, and I, I still do this. do not understand how that works, mm-hmm. yeah. but it sure. always works that way. You get one, and then three people walk in the door. Yeah, the right. One. And it's never like one and then another one. Yeah, and then another yeah. One. It's never consistent. It's always groups. Sometimes the they drive by and they're like, "Oh, somebody's there." We
1: can do it. <laughs> yeah, Right. <laughs> I don't know how Right. That works. right. right. So, yeah.
2: but yeah. I never really like to spend a whole lot of money on marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, rather keep, rather take care of the customers you have than just or then always try to pay a lot of money to go find you know new customers. Yeah, push yeah. for retention as opposed to yeah. Uh, acquisition. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. That's, I think
0: that's lost in a lot of industries right now too. Especially, oh, especially online. Yeah. They're always talking about lead generation, lead generation, lead generation, get these people in. It's like. Well, what about the people you have? What about your, like, your, mm-hmm. your down, your
1: down, down? Yeah. Doug Stevens is, uh, he's written two books. Um, yeah. and He's called The Retail Profit. And one of the things that he says now is marketing is now exactly in reverse of what it was historically, yep. where you would spend ten hundred thousand dollars 100000 on new customer acquisition. You now spend that ten dollars or $100,000 on the original customers that you have, and they become your marketing funnel. Yep. Yep. So then they potentiate their 10 people, 100 people in their network, which is A, Already warm, B, the social proof is built in yeah. because you're a trusted source of trusted sources or whatever that is. And now, like, listen, when's the last time you ate at a restaurant just because you just drove by it and you're like, wow, that looks great? No, it's no, because it's somebody it's in your family, a friend, it's a recommendation That's, from yeah. someone you yeah. directly had trust yeah. with and that, that went yeah. there yeah. Yeah. and then ate the food and said, actually, it's good. Yeah. And then what does that do? Now it piques your interest and now you want to go try that restaurant. Okay. But are you doing it because you saw the newspaper ad or are you no, doing it because no. your best friend said this no. thing? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But, we, but we also used like, so having a
2: service in the business, you know, is another reason for people to come in. And you use a couple newspaper ads at the beginning we did. But really in 2011 when Dave was writing in the newspaper, then we tried a couple of little experiments or mostly Dave did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the columns. Yeah. 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 So one time he, he lets me know on like a, it was like Wednesday or Thursday. It was like a couple of days before the article came. I was like, Steve, you better buy like a little bit extra green coffee bean. Yeah. At that time. So I was like, what do you mean a little extra? Yeah. And so he mostly wrote about health and fitness and working out and nutrition that he hardly ever was it like a sales pitch. Yeah. Right. But this one, I think just for your own fun, you, you really,
1: I I did, but it was like Joe Vincent was this, uh, you know, he was this PhD that wrote a paper about green coffee beans and the thermogenic effect of it. I read the research or I read the, the, the the presentation that he gave and it was fairly compelling. I thought that there, you know, was something, uh, that was potentially there. turns out there was hype associated with it you know so yeah. in retrospect I understand yeah. that now uh, but at the time I wrote a good piece of a, a good piece of, of, um, uh, of information and then when I read it myself I thought if I was reading this it might <laughs> actually you know encourage me to go try, try it. it yeah, yeah right. so I went into the store and I'm like how many do you have on the shelf and then yeah you had three and then he'll tell the rest of the story so you never
2: want to have a marketing campaign where your shelf where you don't have product to yeah. back it up yeah. right so he's obviously worried about that but one of Dave's gifts is he's he has the rare ability to change re, to apply research to everyday life in both written and oral mm. yeah so that's what he, he really did he took research that was hot at that time and he applied it and so I was like, how many, 24? And he's like, yeah, yeah, 20. So he, I think I ended up buying 36 or 48 had ordered. And like, we're, we're not selling a lot usually, right? So three yeah. would usually, have, of anything would last me, you know, be selling like one a week at the most of really anything we had in the store. So to go and buy like 36 units is something was a little. It's crazy. Yeah. Yes. So newspaper comes out at Thursday afternoon. And we were sold out by like 4.30 on Thursday afternoon. Wow. Yeah. So I ordered another 100 and uh (laughs) those were all spoken by friday afternoon like pre-sold and yeah and Um, then uh so then on on monday morning i called the supplier up and i when can i expect that 100 and i want to place an order for more and they're like oh we actually didn't get that order that you emailed in on friday oh yeah that's right i remember you so that's That's right over 100 pre-sold already i don't have product so I, I, uh, it was 11 o'clock on Monday, I drove up to Guelph to the, so I called and like, yeah, they have 400 in stock. So I drove up there and like set all 400 aside, hour there, hour back, I came back with 400 and those were all gone by the end of the week.
3: Wow.
2: Yeah. So Impressive. you can see and, the numbers went, like that, yeah, right? Yep.
1: And really what what I capitalized on there was the Oz effect at yeah. the time. So Dr. Yeah. Oz had just started a show and he was talking a lot about some of these, you know, the therapeutic, yeah. you know, supplement Okay. Business and then, so I rode his wave as well yeah. at the time. So it wasn't just that; it wasn't one thing. It was a synergy of things, if I can put but it that way. Because
0: you build a following.
1: Oh, absolutely! Absolutely, yes, right, right.
0: Not at and, all. And, th- and that that repays that way.
1: Yes. Absolutely,
2: right? absolutely. It,
0: it's of, it's, people don't do that enough right
2: now. Yeah. But we didn't really keep going down that road because we don't—we're not just like pushing product. We actually want to help solve problems. Yeah. yeah. So it was just kind of a neat little experiment. Yeah. And then after that, when we joined Health First this retailing network, then um, we started putting out a flyer. We used their flyer. We put it out once a month, and we distributed yeah. about about uh, 15,000 kind of on average households. Okay. And you have to hit, like with newspaper and e- and those, you have to hit people once a month, bare minimum, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that was the first kind of real regular marketing that we did once a month. And um, you could see it basically double the amount of people that are coming in. So we went from like, Two to three new people a day, up to like five or six at that time. Mm-hmm. So that really paid off then. Yeah, yeah. so we did yeah. that for a while, and,
1: and at and, the time in 2014, I think when we started that flyer program, there um, that was a way that people acquired information about what sales were going on in their community. Yeah, yeah. that's transitioned somewhat yeah, now to more, more electronic. Now, right? More electronic. Mm-hmm. I think that there is a planetary health concern as well, the number of inserts in any given paper when it's this thick, you have to yes. ask yourself how many trees were cut down in order to do that particular never, thing, I never, I never, yeah. you know, and, yeah, and that's right, like, I you have, know, don't like grab the paper, yeah, like and it that. goes <laughs> in the recycle. So, So the energy cost to do those things is something we're very aware of, too, because we want to make sure that we have an alliance with wellness, and wellness yes. isn't just about making sure you, you have enough magnesium, you've it's got to care about the environment, environment too. That's right.
0: Even from a cost perspective too. Like Absolutely. 14 cents to make a flyer mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then you got a mail mm-hmm.
3: it. Right?
2: Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying we won't do flyers No, I the future, understand that. but and yeah, and yeah.
0: Everything has its place, but it's yep. just like dollar for dollar, you're at 14 to 20 cents by the time it's in someone's hand. Mm-hmm. And you have no, yep. you have no data back on it. Mm-hmm. Like you have traffic through the door, yeah. but you have no data. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now you spend 14 to 20 cents on Facebook, which you spend, let's say, let's say the whole ad campaign cost you $1,400, do flyers, something like that. You spend $1,400 on Facebook, mm-hmm. I'm getting raw data back. Mm-hmm. Who's seen everything. it, male, female, what age group, everything, right? You know and your that's demo. That's why Facebook, yep. it's yep. a higher standard, actually. Yep. So I just feel like you get a lot more for your money.
1: Yeah, right? and I think it's a difference between passive and active, you know? Flyers are passive. Yeah, you, you, it's up to the person to open it. Yeah, active is that you know you physically know that there was a type of engagement. Yeah, yeah. with that particular yeah, thing. So it's a very, yeah, type of engagement. A, a type of engagement. A really good way to say it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, because you don't know what it is. Yeah. you don't know if they watched that video, if they scrolled by, did they pause, did they interact, did they like it? Yeah. You know, you do know some of those things, but you don't understand yeah. as much about yeah. it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true.
1: But
2: uh, just kind of uh, to take it to the next step to the industry, if you if you want, like a segue. Yeah, one more
4: thing before yeah. we jump into yeah. that. Um, you didn't really explain for people who do not know what Inside You is.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, Good yeah, point. This is yeah. yeah. <laughs> so inside you. Yeah. Inside what? So people, that's what people used to say. Inside yeah. why, you're gonna yeah. what? You're going to start what? Yeah. 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 yeah How did <laughs> the name come about? Let's start with that. How did the name? Well, that was that was I really didn't like my job at that time in construction I was bored out of my mind but I think it took like probably three weeks to think of that name mm-hmm. okay. and with a name you want to you want to make sure it can encompass your whole business yeah. you want to make sure it doesn't limit you you want to make sure it, it uh, kind of um, encompasses also the kind of core mission you want to do ideally Yeah. Um, it's easier than if you have to apply the mission back to the name later so for inside it's not inside me it's inside you okay it's going to be about you That's and your right. problems um inside you it has to be there has to be an extra exit strategy as well so you know it's not steve's health food it's inside you so really anybody um can take up this torch and and use this company in the future to to you know to help people and make this world a better place Mm -hmm. and really that's what it is it's just a vehicle that we use that dave and i and we have a team of about 20 people now it's a vehicle that we use um To make a difference, yeah, yeah, and there's lots of room. There's lots of ways. Like we have lots of ideas about how we want to do it, and all different ideas for the future. But you know, it comes back to the customer as well. Inside, inside you is just it's like we have a whole army of people out there, you know, recommending us. Oh, mm -hmm, right. mm -hmm. So it's also a vehicle that the customers use to make their lives better. Yeah. Right. Um, So it's at first it was a store. Um, But I did name it Inside You Health Center, which is, the health center is kind of annoying. I really don't, but so our trade name is Inside You. Mm -hmm. At first it's a store, and then um, it's kind of, we started this program once with like fruits and vegetables, where a company dropped off fruits and vegetables. And at that point, you know, we had a a few employees, a few, uh, few people on the team, and it kind of changed into a community, right? And... And then a couple years ago, you know, we're, we're kind of now like a health and wellness company. Yeah. So it's, it's more we than kind of support. see, yeah, it's more yeah. than just a store.
0: So you moved into a new space to accommodate this?
2: No, mm-hmm. that happened before that, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we have to be, we have to help people manage their lives mm-hmm. okay. rather than just sell product. Yeah. Okay, so that's kind of where we're aiming. So we have these ideas like four or five years ago, it might, but it might take like 10 years to kind of put it where we want it to All be. About, yeah.
1: yeah. So it's a health and wellness company. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That, that, that's exactly right. And, and, and the idea here is that there has to be a piece of mentorship that is tied to whatever it is that you're doing in the health and wellness space because anybody can take magnesium, for example. But the deeper question is, A, why do you need the magnesium in the first okay. place? That's important. And then what are the companions to magnesium that will optimize its effect? So is yeah. that eating healthy? Is it exercising? Is it putting your phone down an hour before you go to bed and then you know you dose the 200, 300 milligrams of magnesium at that time if you have trouble sleeping? It's the ecosystem surrounding the person now that we're really interested in doing. So how do we work with the people that are in our network so that we can provide real value that you can't just go get somewhere else as well? Mm-hmm. So high tech, which means we really understand the deep physiological biochemistry of it that's where i come in that's the medicine part but then it also has to be high tech touch who are you as a person and how can we connect on on that heart to heart level yep. to make the science meaningful the science isn't meaningful unless there's a, a personal connection with someone So
0: that's the difference between buying magnesium at walmart buying magnesium and it's 100% 100% percent. That's, that's right the, it's the that's right you're going to get with it. Absolutely.
1: And the personal connection that you're going to get, and some of the directions that you're going to get. Uh, You know, every once in a while, we'll get somebody, you know, and this happens more often people that are on a keto diet, for example. And they come in and they have symptoms of the keto flu, and they want to know what they can do for this and that and everything else. Well, ketogenic diets deplete carnitine. So you give that person the l-carnitine supplement, but you also explain to them at the same time like what's going on in their body. A, they feel heard. B, you've helped them solve a problem that not many people could. And you have a belly to belly, eyeball to eyeball meeting with that person. Yeah. So now it goes deeper than just this one thing. It's a synergism surrounding a person, mm-hmm. yeah. helping them to get healthy and, and really play with their grandkids, that's why you do it. Yeah. Or get up in the morning with a little buoyancy in your soul, right?
0: And I think most people, I mean, regardless of your price, but most people will pay more for that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but see, that's an assumption that kind of bothers me that it doesn't have to be more. No,
0: I know. That's, and that's why right? I said so... it that way. I'm <laughs> yeah. not saying you guys are more expensive. I'm just saying yeah. most people will pay more because I know I will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I will. If it's good service, I, I mean, within reason, I don't care what I pay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also also think (laughs) it
1: depends on the absolute ubiquity of what it is that you're selling because there is a point now in the marketplace where people are very well educated about specific things it's a ubiquitous thing so it doesn't matter really where you go you can kind of pick it up the internet is the great equalizer for information so then we have to do another thing too we also have to translate knowledge for people yeah. So we take that piece and we translate it and personalize it. That's the big piece. Yeah. So how do you take something that's ubiquitous, vitamin C you can get anywhere, but then bring it back to personalization? That's another part that's important. And I think that is where there's that margin for additional opportunities yeah. there. And that's,
2: where, yeah. and that's where medicine is
1: going That's now. where medicine is going. So when you yeah.
2: talk, we have this huge change in medicine happening. Um, and technology related to medicine, um, where people are looking for more personalized healthcare, yeah. Yeah. gene testing, uh, you know, yeah. studying your environment, your genetics, your yeah. job, like the, everything, right? And, and then tailoring, you know, um, tailoring it to you. So, but we also have a change kind of in, in our industry, um, the tech as it relates to retail, as well. Right. Yeah, and then we have consolidation in our industry, so as an industry matures you get consolidation mm-hmm. so there's been stores that are started like you know 1975 1980 that were very successful up to about maybe five years ago yeah. yeah and now we're seeing these like every year the change is happening faster and faster so you know when it comes to like marketing people used to go to their store and ask what what is echinacea right and now you can learn about echinacea everywhere right, right? so um but there's there's some changes in in um, like where people shop, and how they shop, where they get their information from, maybe mm-hmm. from here instead of yeah, you know the yeah, newspaper yeah, that's so right where they get their information and how they get their information. So all of that has really changed in the last two years, especially yeah. And so then then it becomes like okay, just so you did something you know in a certain way for the last thirty years, you have to be agile enough to change with that, and that's the really tricky question. So people say oh you you know businesses looks good right because a lot more people are buying natural supplements and food and things mm-hmm. but it's actually more challenging than it ever has been i agree
4: it makes sense because there's so much information available mm-hmm. there's an abundance and no one really knows how to what to do with it yep. right? you yep. go yep. online and mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, online. The, the first thing what you think about when you say okay i'm selling a product and i'm trying to personalize it to the person is to say, okay, I'm just going to provide them with the information. Mm-hmm. But No, the information is already there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so much information that you've got to figure out what information that individual needs out of everything that's available.
1: I call it TMIS. I actually have a name for it. Too okay. much information syndrome. Right. So, you know, the thing is that now you have a customer that comes in and they brought you the 14 different types of magnesium that are available in the market. What three influencers have said about all of those things and now you have to be agile enough in your information to be yeah. able to feel that question and customers yeah. are coming in, people are coming in more savvy, they're more educated. So then you as a retailer and your team, you got to up your game. Yeah. You have to up your game. Yeah. But then passion, which is what we do in this industry, drives the acquisition of those new things. We do it because we'd like to. Not because we have to. And
0: that's happening more and more in every industry. Yeah. The yeah. People that are passionate are the ones that are staying. Yeah. Right. The right. ones that right. have no passion are gone. But yeah.
2: that that kind of see what's happening now. I think in a lot of industries is that the retailer is 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 really it's really dangerous for the retailer not to become just a distribution company. Yeah. Okay. So the the passionate people are the ones kind of sitting in rooms like this, and they are actually usually operating outside of a traditional retail environment, whether you're selling cars or, you know, supplements or anything, really. We all have, like, if if you're going to go buy something, you'll ask a friend and you'll ask somebody who's in the industry. So we all have influencers that we follow. And usually those are not working in a traditional store, right? So a lot of retail companies are just becoming, like, slowly becoming distribution companies unless they can really keep asking themselves that question, what are you trying to solve? How are you trying to help people? What's yeah. that? That's,
4: and, yeah. and I think that's back to your point We you just said the companies that have been in existence for over 25 years, they're going to die because they're trying to turn into a distribution company. Yes. And they're not going to be able to compete with Amazon that is the master of distribution. Mm-hmm.
3: Right? Mm-hmm. So well, we, so-
1: we, we, we saw this in the tech industry, in, in the original PC world, where everybody started to develop computers so you know acer gateway dell you know the list goes on and then what happened it wasn't a race to the top it was a race to the bottom who could have the cheapest price with this particular computer and then what happened was there was a gap in quality and so apple came in in 2001 2 3 with the ipod and then the iphone in 2007 but they maintained quality so this was really interesting, and then they owned the whole piece. And I take a lot of my inspiration from Apple, whether you like them or not. Yep. They have a really nice ecosystem 100%. that they exist within. Yeah, yep. And so I don't want to duplicate everything that they're doing, but I do want to take some really good things that they're doing as a company and imbue right. those things. Yeah, yeah, they're doing a lot of things right. Yeah. And they almost went bankrupt and became the first $1 trillion company in the world. So to do that over the course of 15 years, I don't know that that's been done before. So there's something there. Mm-hmm. Success mm-hmm. leaves clues. Yeah.
0: I'll well, just speak more sense. to that too. So the, the railroad company, when it was first built, their, their mission was not to build a railroad. Their mission was to connect people. Yeah, right. Right? If they would have stayed with that mission, mm. they would have invested in airplanes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But instead, they just became a railroad company.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Right? And that kind of, kind of same thing what you're trying to say, they just become a distribution company. Yeah, when you stay with your mission, you look to new things.
1: Do you uh, you remember, I don't know if you know about Nintendo as a company? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, do you know what their kind of first products were? No. Cards, card games, different things. And then they hired this guy that was kind of like this weird inventor guy, and he started to make these things. And then slowly over time, they really, the original company and the company over here, you can see the thread that connects it if you read the history. But when you, if you were just to do a superficial look here and here, they don't even look like the same company. Mm-hmm. It's almost like making leaf blowers and then all of a sudden you're like making souffles. You know, they're just they don't seem connected, but it is.
2: That's a real challenging to do thing to do because you want to take like maybe five or ten percent of your resources and invest it to go fishing somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But it's really tricky to kind of hold on to your core business and keep your core stakeholders. Happy while you go try something yeah. else out I mean, over here. Yeah. And then if you do find something else over here that you really want to go to, you still have to transition everybody else over here without losing everybody.
0: I think you always have to put like five or ten percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean. And that's case the in point. Like mm-hmm. five ten percent goes to that, and then they should know that going in. Yeah. Your your you're, you're stakeholders.
1: Here here's the transition that gets people just irritated. But then five years later, you're like, oh, everybody's going there or whatever. Apple. I'll use this as an example. They removed the headphone jack.
0: Well, everyone's mad. Everybody's so, mad. So mad. Everybody's like no, no totally yeah. upset
1: about yeah. that because yeah. they went with a singular Lightning yeah. connector, etc., etc. Yeah. Most recent Samsung models. Do they have a headphone jack or not? No. I
0: wear this now.
1: Right.
4: Yeah. Where right. I wouldn't have it any other way now. Yep. Right. Well, it's the same. Everyone was happy that Samsung didn't do it, and so I, I sometimes and I'm not it anymore. right.
1: And so sometimes what we talk about in the back room when we're having these just talks, it's, it's formal but informal meetings we're yeah. just throwing ideas around. This is the idea. Sometimes you have to create something or do something that people don't even know that they need yet. Yep. And that's one of the things about entrepreneurism where you have the foresight of the future, you have to massage those things and as you said before, be agile enough to take action on it as well. You can't be beholden to a to a okay. paradigm in the past. Yeah. 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 you got to look into the future, too. Where is this going?
4: Yeah. How do you guys... Um, I've seen a couple of startups that um, are doing a lot of it, AR in the health space. Mm-hmm. Do you have any yeah. input of where that would be going?
1: Yeah, I I personally do. Do you mind okay. if I ar no, right. so so AR? Sorry. ar um is basically virtual reality mm-hmm. but it's on a 2d screen so it's called yeah. augmented reality right so this is where i see it going when d when when the ai wrapper yep. that teaches the machine learning so there's like two pieces that go along with it mm-hmm. when i hold my phone up in front of a product this is where i see it going okay what will happen there is that on my phone what it'll do is it'll recognize the word let's just go with magnesium it'll recognize magnesium bisglycinate then it's going to pull up context based on the machine learning and show me what magnesium does or maybe a small video on youtube of somebody that's in store that's talking about that magnesium product for example for ar um that's where i see Part of things going, so it'll be a fast way to acquire uh, to acquire information for the customer. Okay. Um, for the vendors, what it'll allow them to do is have hyper personalized and and, and micro local content. So now, when I do hold my phone up and it brings a, a non industry menu up here, magnesium does this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. I can also have a contextual piece that maybe the vendor can then have direct access to the consumer to educate them on why their particular brand, thing, whatever it is, yep. would be beneficial to that customer. Now, privacy aside. Like, from the heartbeat. Or whatever, right? right? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, it, it's that big data piece. A lot of people get concerned about the privacy piece that goes along with it. But maybe the reality is, <laughs> it's kind of I think dumb. it's a publicity thing. Yeah.
0: Because nobody wants to put the pictures online
1: yeah right right yeah, right we you just it, the, name it, it, the, the piece online. here is that i want to allow my data to be used with my consent that's yes, one right and I'm, I'm open to that but yeah. number two i also want another thing to do with data and that is that i want to be paid when someone uses my data in some way. And this yeah. is part of the new paradigm of e-commerce where I should maintain ownership of my own data and mm-hmm. my own behaviors yep, and my well, own cookies. So blockchain so will block block right do right
0: that because I think what they're gonna do, they'll probably pay you mm-hmm. in whatever it is yeah. for for opting in. Yes, yeah. right. That's probably what, mm-hmm. I mean, something like that yeah. would make sense in that, in that situation. Yeah. So you opt in and it takes all your data, what you watch, what you do this, your heartbeat, everything.
1: Yeah. But to your point about AR, I think that, um, just to go back to that really quickly, it's an incredibly interesting idea. Because now I can actually hold my phone up, for example, and use... Advanced recognition that picks the store it knows my location then it shows me where I am and then I get it I can get it like inside you was founded in 2009 by Steve Elton. and I give a little yeah. bit of context about what that thing is mm-hmm. or maybe I hold it up and then I serve up the menu at the Cafe in real time on Somebody's phone that they're just pulling down off right. the, the context of, of where they are in the store Makes or something sense. like mm-hmm. that Right that goes very, there's a lot very of interesting market. opportunities, but here's the thing we can't say that future's never gonna exist, we actually have to look into the future or crystal ball or whatever that is and, 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 and have the foresight to say that's likely gonna take place and yeah. how can we get ready for it? They wanna tie it into Google Which, Maps too. What's that?
0: They wanna tie it into Google Maps too. Absolutely. So you go on the road, you're like, oh, inside you, let's go walk in virtually. Yes, yes. And then you can just virtually shop.
1: Yeah. yeah. And
0: then you can virtually look at the products and then yeah. that's, yeah.
4: Yeah, I, I think it really ties in um, the whole privacy thing too. Where AR is going to go, where VR is going to go. If you somehow understand the patterns of human behavior and what they actually want is not privacy but convenience.
1: Mm
3: -hmm.
4: Right? It's always about convenience. If I can save that 10 second thing in what I need to do and it can be automated regardless of what I have to give up, Mm. I will do it. I might not for the next month, but in two months I will because I see my neighbor doing the same. So, yeah, I'm. I'm excited <laughs> to see where, where that goes. Yeah, definitely. And well, health is probably one of the first industries that they'll take it on.
1: Well, it uh, absolutely. And then the ha-
4: Major benefits for you guys
0: for that? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just thinking about. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. like, Well, you know, we could get it, totally it, lost it, behind like, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. But I'm just thinking, like you know, either people's heartbeats, like with their activity levels, their footsteps, so their footsteps, everything. Like yeah. if you have that data in front of you, mm-hmm. you're more equipped to help somebody.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that's where it comes. Where we're hopefully we can make this transition. We're into more service. Where if you're having sleeping problems, we don't just you don't just come in and buy some melatonin. Um, you might become part of a sleep program where we guarantee you results, and we're gonna follow you around. Yeah. Uh, make you wear. You know, a device yeah. and follow you around and see, you know, figure out the 20 different reasons why you're not sleeping yeah. mm-hmm. and actually make a difference.
0: Sir, you had pizza seven minutes yeah. in a row. That's probably <laughs> yeah, a right. Right, right, right. Or you
1: had your last, last coffee at seven or eight o'clock at night. The half-life of caffeine's nine hours. No wonder you're awake at one or, o'clock Or your wife
2: morning. was gone and you didn't go to bed on time. Yeah, yeah. right, 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 right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happens in my house anyway.
4: Yeah. <laughs> um we well, touch a bit more on in the industry.
2: Yeah, so we, we also should tell like where we think it's going and, and yeah. what, yeah, where, what's, what's what we're doing. Doing, yeah. what we're doing right now. Like uh, um, so we've kind of so everything has become a commodity in our industry. It has become or is becoming a commodity. Okay. Even customer service is a commodity to you know, people kind of copy it, right? So yeah. you have to be really have to solve problems. But so we have um, Moved from our original location, uh, which was about fifteen hundred square feet, into mm-hmm. we are currently moving into a building that's about eleven and a half thousand square feet. Wow! In Woodstock, it's an old century home uh, built in eighteen sixty. Beautiful. And um, it was this close to being ripped down, and we basically just saved it just in time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's great. So we're doing about three thousand square feet of retail, um, and then and about ten new things, including uh, like a cafe, smoothie bar. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Fresh fruits and vegetables, some bulk food, um, and then on the medical side, this is where Dave's, um, most of Dave's responsibility is, he's going to build like a whole medical wellness clinic. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, that includes right now, two float tanks, saltwater float tanks. We just started that a couple months ago. So uh, you're floating in this big, uh, big bathtub, really, bathtub whirlpool. Um, six inches of water, and then we added five inches of salt on top of that. So it's about 11 inches thick. Okay. Um, and it's salty, you just boop right to the top. So yeah. but you're in this, you're in this uh, enclosed pod, um,
1: dark. Yeah. Um, it's like a cabin um, deprivation um, pod. Yeah. It, it yeah. is. Yeah. And, and so to speak about that, uh, you know, it's called, in the scientific literature, it's called REST, which stands for Restricted Environmental Stimulation Therapy or Sensory Deprivation. We know, so to answer your question, what we were sold was a bill of goods that said technology and the advancement of these things was going to make our lives more convenient. And in a lot of ways, technology has added some value to our lives. However, people now, right now, September 2019 are way stressed out they're inundated in their external world with so many stimuli whether it's the phones we use whether it's the TV we watch whether it's the traffic we're driving in whether it's the cacophony of information on the internet Mm -hmm. whether it's whatever it is we're all stressed out how do you shut it off how do you hit the pause button right now honestly how do you do that so what we decided to do it's expensive for woodstock like the the cabins are expensive we have two woodstock's 42,000 people but we had to do the right thing and the right thing is to give people a place one of the places where you can do this going on a nature walk might be another one doing some meditation might be another one but this is one where you can get in close the door and really lower your exposure on all your senses to everything in the external world. Plus, you absorb magnesium in your skin, and that elevates your serum magnesium levels, helps you relax and at the same time allows you to disconnect yeah. for you know 30 minutes 60 minutes you know an hour That's and a half
0: nice. I've done it four times right yeah. 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 right and it, it's direct. a phenomenal it's experience yeah. it's the first time was a lot you don't know what you're doing right right, but the, right. Second time, yeah. but yeah. the fourth time yes. it was, honestly it really does relax you you it get does. out and you're just like calm oh.
1: so there's two there's two studies that have have been done now in 2018 in the scientific literature one was published in PLOS which is the proceedings of the library of science and um, What they found was that it is the most powerful that they know, and when I say powerful, it's actually the opposite of powerful, it's not powerful. Anxiolytic, so anxiety is something that's just exploding all over North America. You know, people are just, anxious. they feel it in their bodies too. They panic attacks, anxiety, everything. And so what the float tanks have done is actually created a microenvironment in 30 to 60 minutes where it lowers the resting sympathetic nervous system tone for people. So now we're doing brain scans and body scans for people where we can see that float tanks actually have a durable and measurable effect in the scientific literature. And I think that you're going to see these as treatment places for anxiety. They're going to start popping up because the science is coming of age now and it's really exciting. Mm -hmm. So that, I mean, that's another thing that we're doing, right? Because there's, you, now you can float recreationally. Oh, hey, I just want it. Or you can float medically. I have a diagnosable condition of anxiety per a GAD7, for example, Generalized Anxiety Disorder Questionnaire and then I can go and do this and I can measure the results over time to lower that so I don't have to take anxiolytic medication yeah. because that only has so, much, so many legs. Like we have to disconnect mm-hmm. if we're gonna reconnect with ourselves, for example. And that's one of the things that float tanks do. Yeah. Like it's, it's good science, not just like relaxing. There's actually science there. So that's one part. Yeah. sorry. Yeah.
3: So I'm passionate about it. Yeah, no,
1: sure. We haven't got to the
2: clinic yet. Yeah. Right. It's Actually, on the other side of the wall. Um, so in the in the clinic, I uh, actually kind of you know envisioned it to be a lot more medical, and, and yeah. Dave is you know bringing a team of like naturopaths and osteopaths and massage therapists and yeah. different health related activities. A
1: whole allied healthcare team, full whole, care yeah. around someone.
2: But but it's kind of taken on more of a uh, health and beauty kind yeah. of. I think so we're gonna put a whole organic spa in there as well yeah Yeah. and that's that's coming on board like in the next couple months Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
4: that's really cool so where can Can they find you
2: uh 79 montclair drive in woodstock so that's one location but just to be clear that we do have two other locations one in norwich um, and then one on the other side of toronto coburg ontario Uh, we can come back to that in a minute but so we have three retail locations and an online store at inside you.ca Yeah. And then you can book appointments with naturopaths there or book a float or um, it's all done through there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's cool. I'm
4: definitely going to sign up on that one. Yeah. Yeah. We can and film you too. Yeah, Right? Sure. So mm-hmm. yeah. Have
2: some cool content. Make right. it real dark so you can't <laughs> see yeah, anything. Yeah. Right. Right. Right.
4: Pass. I think,
1: I think, I uh, think, you know, I just want to revisit your comment about convenience. That's one of the things that we wanted to make sure that we did and did it right. Okay. How can I lower someone's busyness by a lot, by creating an environment where they can get a lot of things done at the same location? Right. That's part of the 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 position that we're trying to do. So yeah. You know people like i i still cut my hair it may not look like it because i don't have anything up here but i cut other things right so my point is like everybody still has to cut their hair you have to go get it done somewhere
3: Mm -hmm.
1: some people like to get manicures and pedicures i like to get pedicures that's one thing that i like to do but i find it incredibly relaxing too at the same time plus self care is something that we're learning is really important for us to do and no one else is going to do it for you Right? So you have to do self-care. You have to put your position in a place where you can get self-care. So if we can do massage and osteopathy and naturopathy and maybe bring a medical doctor on at some point as part of an integrative team, Mm -hmm. then have this hair, the, the hair idea, but then we use really natural products. We use natural products in the spa and we reflect our brand position which now is wellness reimagined. So oh, we should it, talk about that. Yeah. yeah, it's not just the supplement that we're talking about now. It's your complete experience as a human being on being well, because remember disease or disease or health is not the absence of disease. It's actually something that's very active that has a vibration associated with it. You want to express manner. vitality, not just be not sick. Yeah. Like, right, you can be not sick, but still wake up in the morning and feel like crap in a sense, right? So you want to you have that childlike exuberance for life again, and that's one of the things that we want to do is like surround you with a whole bunch of stuff yep. so that you can actually do that. And then eventually go teach someone else to do it and go teach someone else to do it. So we want to help educate people as well as provide them with services. So it's that whole piece.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: So at each of our locations, you're going to
2: get really, uh, really good, honest, direction yeah, about health, right, really right. good, honest advice. Yeah. Um, but then in our Woodstock location, we're just trying out this to, to do something totally different. Yeah. yeah. So we have retail yeah. and medical, um, a sense of community. You can come in and have a drink or hang out if you want. Um, and then combine that with with education. We're gonna start doing a lot of content creation, things yep. like this, panel yeah. discussions, mm-hmm. um, vendor content creation, and staff and customer content creation. If we want, if, yep. if they want to as well. Um, so those four things, along with um, fresh food. Yeah. So the fresh food has to be right How does in your that face. Work?
4: How, what, what's the concept behind the fresh food? Because I heard something about it. Yeah. Although I don't really know what exactly. Well, it if is. you.
2: If you don't have good food in front of you, you're going to eat bad food. Yeah. I know. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so, so just yeah. as a place to work, it's good to have some, it's good to have fresh food on hand in your workplace, right? So, bare minimum for us, to have a good place to work, we need to have, you know, a blender so we can make a smoothie.
3: Yeah.
2: We need to have a coffee machine so we can have good coffee, right? So, if we're going to do that for ourselves, why not do it for everybody else? So now we have a smoothie bar, we have a place where we're doing food prep, so you can eat in, you can take out. Okay. And then where are we going to get the supplies for this? We want to use local organic farmers as much as possible, so yeah. we bring them in. So now we might as well sell the produce as well. Interesting.
4: Yeah. So what, what is the concept behind um, the food? I'm just thinking for myself, a little mm-hmm. selfish now. Uh, I think my I office pretty close to you guys, yeah, and yeah. yeah, every day I go out, especially for lunches. Mm-hmm. I have my breakfast at home, but the lunches are always terrible. You know, mm-hmm. go all over the place. Is it open all day? Can you come in to grab food at any given time? Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, and this is the thing. Will change. It really depends on what what you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll have some you know basic some good smoothie recipes, which will change over time. Yeah. But what gets cooked in the kitchen and the people that we bring in to cook will change based on your request. Wow. So if you, you know, if you and all your followers want to have gluten-free food, then we yeah. have to make gluten-free food. You know, but if you really like your farmer's kale, then mm-hmm. we have to, you know, the buddha then we have to make
1: buddha <laughs> That's
4: awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Where do you see yourself,
0: where do you, where do you guys see yourself in five years?
1: Mm-hmm. That's a really, really good question. And I think that I'll um, reserve the right, maybe, to not, not not to prognosticate overly much on that. Let's take a stab. Be, be, it's because okay to be wrong. it actually, so in terms of specifics, I'll give you, you know, the idea of the uh, of of the vision. The vision is is that as the world becomes more complex and more complicated, and we're busier, because I I actually see that happening. I don't see people kind of dialing back. There's a whole bunch of things that are contributing to that. Mm-hmm. We have to provide an environment that allows, creates, we, we want to create an environment where people can be the best version of themselves. Set another way, we want to optimize human biology and optimize human metabiology. Metabiology is like the mind-body connection, okay? okay. So in five years, our, our actual core mission doesn't change, but how we deploy it may. Yeah right? So it may be that building or something. It may be an expansion of services. It may be a reduction in hyper-personalization of services, but whatever it is that we decide to do, it will have one common characteristic. And that common characteristic is how do we optimize vitality in somebody so that they can feel, have the highest quality of life for the highest quantity of years. That's the point that we want to get to. That is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because frankly, guys, I want that for myself. Right? I want to feel good every day when I wake up in the morning. So once I learn those things about myself, why wouldn't I share it with somebody else? And if business is about solving problems, and that's a problem of the human condition, that's something that I want to continue to do. Because making the world a better place is important. Very that's what it
3: is.
4: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Cool. Um, what were some of the challenges that you had or hmm. didn't see beforehand throughout the last five, six years? Lessons that you learned?
3: Hmm.
1: Me is one of them because, A, I'm always late. B, <laughs> I have these deadline problems, but he knows how to work with me, which is really good. So I think that in the same way that I've been a help to the business, I've also been a, cha- a challenge. We both, sometimes. We, we both learn off each yeah, other. Yeah, we both learn yeah. off each other. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. And I think that a challenge would be learning how to take two totally different independent personalities and, and, and figuring out a way to make them a synergy. Yeah. Um, figuring out that sometimes, you know, it's okay to be wrong. That's yeah. something else. It's okay to get it wrong and, and to move on because you're I think, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, from, from my
2: position as like the founder, the biggest mm-hmm. challenge yeah. is also always being able to grow with the company. So that if you You're an individual. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you always have to really, really take a look at yourself and, and, um, and be willing to replace yourself if you can't grow into the, into the position you need to be in. Yeah. yeah yeah so that, that's that's really we have to really analyze yourself. So you know, the first five years a business is most likely to fail. the next five years they're most likely to run out of money, and then the next five years, they're most likely to lose their culture. So we're sitting right at your 10 right now yeah. with no money. And yeah lots of culture yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. 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 yeah a self-fulfilling prophecy right now that's what's happening yeah yeah. so so uh that's kind of uh yeah Yeah. no you always have these you know the cash flow things and but if you grow too fast it's very very difficult on your on your on yourself like we we i've tried to kind of you know grow slowly and steadily so that we can be there for people and we can you know yeah so people look to us like we have all our stuff together you know we're Mm -hmm. we're owners of a health health and wellness company we must eat perfect we must live yeah. perfect and so it's really important for us to really you know have our stuff together yeah. and yeah. you know get help when we don't yep yeah. um so you mm. know we have to maintain that image not really an image but we have to maintain that that um well, that we, i i would yeah. say
1: that really what you do and i think this is becoming more important as time goes on you become a living manifestation of your message mm-hmm. yes. you have to become the very message that you're preaching to people cuz people can smell that bs from a mile yeah. away now. Are they going to do that? No. It's been oversold. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I've noticed that too. Like the more videos I watch, the more stuff as soon as the authenticity's not there, I yes. see it right away. 100%. Like instantly, you know, yeah, like that guys not into it. He doesn't know yeah. mm-hmm.
1: Or he yeah. sold out or yeah. whatever whatever yeah. that phrase right that we use
2: yes. is. And yes. That, that could be the biggest challenge for any business, right? Mm-hmm. So you're, you know, you're 5, 10, you know, 10 years, you might have lots of energy, but maybe that wears out after a while. Yep. So yeah. you need to bring new people in and new ideas into your, into your company to, and you have to really realize when, when you need to step back and take some time off and let somebody else do something. Yeah. Um, right, we all, sometimes you need a sabbatical where you let somebody else kind of, um, you know, so we, you can build a place, you can decorate it, but you have to let somebody else like even rip some walls down once yeah. in a while. Yeah. And, and yeah, Make it how they yeah. want to. Yeah.
4: Before we wrap it up, um, I'd like to ask one more question. Three tips that you give anyone who would want to start their own business. Now before you jump into that one, I really want to um, tell everyone who's listening at home the point that you mentioned before is providing the value upfront without any expectation in return. Mm -hmm. I I think that is for myself, we're doing that concept here, Mm -hmm. We're not trying to get anything out of it. Um, It's hard to give without, you know, Mm -hmm. getting anything back. But I, I believe that is one of the core um, things, especially in this world, to think about. Yeah. Don't give. Whether it's an article or you make a video, don't try to sell the Don't try to sell the audience. Give without expectation. Yeah. Um, that's one thing. that mm-hmm. you, shared. And I'd like everyone really to think about that one. What are your
2: Three top Okay, I had to break those down really quickly here. Number, number one, you have to find something that you like doing. Yeah. Number two, you have to find a problem that needs to be solved. Mm-hmm. And number three, you need to keep learning. Yeah. You have to keep growing personally. If yeah. you're not growing, if you're not learning, somebody else is going to pass you and solve yeah. that problem better. What yeah. he said. Very true. What yeah, he said. I, 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 yeah, I can it. That's, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Have a great, great time be cool.
4: for Thank being you. on. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for nice awesome. Yeah. yeah. Episode 12 of the Canadian Houses podcast and we'll be back next week.